Hey boys, I hope your second day of school this week went really well and that you swam well and you had a good time over at our friends. It sounds like you guys had a really great day. Well, the story tonight is called The Wonderful Afternoon. Early every morning, while Laura washed the breakfast dishes, she could look through the open door and see the men leaving the board shanty and going to the thatch stable for their horses. Then there was a rattling of harnesses and the confusion of talking and shouts, and the men and the teams went out to the job, leaving quietness behind them. All the days went by, one like another. On Mondays, Laura helped Ma do the washing and bring in the clean scented clothes that dried quickly in the wind and sunshine. On Tuesdays, she sprinkled them and helped Ma iron them. On Wednesdays, she did her task of mending and sewing, though she did not like to. Mary was learning to sew without seeing. Her sensitive fingers could hem nicely, and she could sew patch quilts if the colors were matched for her. At noon, the camp was noisy again, with all the teams and the men coming in to dinner. Then Pa came from the store, and they all ate in the little shanty with the wind blowing against it and the wide prairie outside the door. Soft, softly colored in all shades from dark brown to rusket and tan, the prairie rolled in gentle swells to the far edge of the sky. The winds were blowing colder at night, more and more wild birds were flying southward, and Pa said that winter would not be long in coming. But Laura did not think about winter. She wanted to know where the men were working and how they made a railroad grade. Every morning they went out, and at noon and at night they came back, but all she saw was of, wor of working was a smudge of dust that came up from the tawny prairie in the west. She wanted to see the men building the railroad. Aunt Dosia moved into the camp one day, and she brought two cows. She said, I brought our milk on the hoof, Charles. It's the only way to get any, out here where there aren't any farmers. One of the cows was for Pa. She was a pretty high... A bright red cow named Ellen. Pa untied her from the back of Aunt Dosia's wagon and handed the halter rope to Laura. Here, Laura, he said. You're old enough to take care of her. Take her out to where the grass is good and be sure to drive down the picket pen good and firm. Laura and Lena picketed the cows not far apart in good grass. Every morning and every evening they met, met to take care of the cows. They led them to drink from the lake and moved the picket pens to fresh grass, and then they did the milking. While they milked, they sang. Lennon knew many new songs, and Laura learned them quickly. Together, while the milk streamed into bright tin pails, they sang. Life on the ocean wave, a home on the rolling deep. The pollywogs wagged their tails, and the tears rolled down their cheeks. Sometimes Lena sang softly, and so did Laura. Oh, I wouldn't marry a farmer. He's always in the dirt. I'd rather marry a railroad man who wears a striped shirt. But Laura liked the waltz songs best. 
She loved the broom song, though they had to sing broom so many times to make a tune swing. By a broom, by a broom, broom, by a broom, broom, by a broom, broom. Will you buy this wandering Bavarian a broom? To brush off the insects that come to annoy you, you'll find it quite useful by night and by day. The cows stood quiet, chewing their cud, as though they were listening to the singing until the milking was done. Then, with pails of warm, sweet-smelling milk, Laura and Lena walked back toward the shanties. In the morning, the men were coming out of the bunkhouse, washing in basins on the bench by the door and combing their hair. The sun was rising over the silver lake. In the evenings, the sky flamed with red and purple and gold, and the sun had set, and the teams and the men were coming in. Dark along the dusty road, they had worn on the prairie and singing. Then, quickly, Lena hurried to Aunt Dosia's shanty and Laura to Ma's, because they mustn't strain the milk before the cream began to rise and help get supper. Lena had so much work to do, helping Aunt Dosia and Cousin Luisia, that she had no time to play, and Laura, though she did not work so hard, was busy enough, so they hardly ever met except at milking time. If Pa hadn't put our black ponies to work on the grade, Lena said one evening, you know what I would do? No, what? Laura asked. Well, if I could get away, and if we had ponies to ride, we'd go see the men working, said Lena. Do you want to? Yes, I want to, said Laura. She did not have to decide whether or not she would disobey Pa, because they couldn't do it anyway. Suddenly, one day at dinner, Pa settled down. His, he set down his teacup and wiped his mustache and said, You ask too many questions, Flutterbudget. Put on your bonnet and come up to the store about two o'clock. I'll take you out and let you see for yourself. Oh, Pa! Laura cried. There, Laura, don't get so excited, Ma said quietly. Laura knew she should not shout. She kept her voice low. Pa, can Lena go too? We will decide about that later, said Ma. After Pa had gone back to the store, Ma talked seriously to Laura. She said that she wanted her girls to know how to behave and to speak nicely in low voices and have gentle manners and always be ladies. They had always lived in wild, rough places except for, little, for a little while on Plum Creek, and now they were in a rough railroad camp, and it would be some time before this country was civilized. Until then, Ma thought it best that they keep themselves to themselves. She wanted Laura to stay away from the camp and not get acquainted with any of the rough men there. It would be all right for her to go quietly with Pa to see the work this once, but she must be well-behaved and ladylike, and remember that a lady never did anything that could attract attention. Yes, Ma, Laura said. And, Laura, I do not want you to take Lena, said Ma. Lena is good, capable girl, but she is boisterous, and Dosia has not curbed her as much as she might. If you must go where those rough men are working in the dirt, then go quietly with your pa and come back quietly and say no more about it. 
Yes, Ma, Laura said. But, but what, Laura? Ma asked. Nothing, said Laura. I don't know why you want to go anyway, Ma, Mary wonder, wondered. It's much nicer here in the shanty or taking a little walk by the lake. I just want to. I want to see them building the railroad, said Laura. She tied on her sunbonnet when she set out and resolved to keep it tied on. Pa was alone in the store. He put on his broad-brimmed hat and padlocked the door, and they went out to, on the prairie together. At that time of day when there was no shadows, the prairie looked level, but it was not. In a few minutes its swells hid the shanties, and on the grassy land there was nothing to be seen but dusty track of railroad and the railroad grade beside it. Against the sky ahead rose a smudge of dust blowing away on the wind. Pa held on to his hat and Laura bent her head in the flapping sunbonnet, and they trudged along together for some time. Then Pa stopped and said, There you are, half pint. They were standing a little rise on a little rise of land. Before them, the railroad grade ended bluntly. In front of it, men with teams and plows were plowing onward toward the west, breaking a wide strip of prairie sod. They do it with plows, Laura said. It seems strange to, to think of men with plows went ahead in this country that had never been plowed to build a railroad. And scrapers, said Pa said. Now watch, Laura. Between the plowing and the blunt end of the grade, teams and men were going slowly around in a circle over the end of the grade and back across the plowed strip. The teams were pulling wide, deep shovels. These were the scrapers. Instead of one long shovel handle, each scraper had two short handles and a strong half scoop of steel curved from one side of the scraper to the other. The team was hitched to this curve of steel. When a man and his team came to the plowed land, another man took hold of the scraper handles and held them just high enough to thrust the round shovel point into the loose earth, uh, and loose earth of the plowed ground while the team went on and the earth filled up the scraper. Then he let go of the handles and the full scraper sat level on the ground and the horses pulled it around, the circle up the side of the grade. On the grade's blunt end, the men who drove the team caught hold of the carpenter's handle and tipped the whole scraper over in a somersault inside the curved steel that the horses were hitched to. All the dirt was left right there while the team drew the empty scraper down the grade on around the circle to the plowed land again. There, there the other men caught hold of the handles and held them just high enough to thrust the round shovel point into the loose earth until the scraper was filled again. And on around the circle it came, sliding behind the team up the steep slope of the grade and somersaulting over again. Team after team came round the circle, scraper after scraper tipped over, the teams never stopped coming, the scrapers never stopped filling and tipping. As the loose soil was scraped from the plowed land and curved wide out that the scrapers passed over freshly plowed ground ahead, 
while the plow teams came back and plowed again the ground that had been scraped. It's, it all goes like clockwork, said Pa. See, no one stands still, no one hurries. When one scraper is filled, another is on the spot to take its place. The scraper holder is, the, is there to grab the handles and fill it. The scrapers never have to wait for the plows, and the plows just go far ahead before they come back to plow again the ground that has been scraped. They're doing great work, and Fred is a good boss. Fred stood on the dump, watching the teams and scrapers circling, the plows coming around inside the circle and moving out ahead of it. He watched the dumping of the scrapers and the dirt rolling down. With a nod and a word, he told each driver when the dump of his scraper so that the grade would be even and straight and level. For every six teams, one did nothing but stand and watch. If a team slowed, he spoke to the driver and he drove faster. If a team went too fast, he spoke to that driver and that driver held his horse back. The teams must be evenly spaced. Even they kept on steadily around the circle. Over the plowed land and to the grade and over it and back and plowed the land again. Thirty, te 30 teams and 30 scrapers and all the four horse teams and plows and all the drivers <laughs> and the scraper holders all were going round and round in, in their places and all moving in time there was no open there there on the open prairie just like the works of a clock as pa had said and on the prow of the new railroad grade in the dust fred the boss kept kept it all going laura would never have tired of watching that but farther west there was more to see pa said come along half pint and see how they make a cut and a fill. Laura walked with Pa along the wagon track where the crushed dead grass were likely broken hay in the dust where the wagon wheels had passed. Further west, the beyond the little rise of the prairie, Beyond the little rise in the, of the prairie, more men were building another piece of the railroad grade. In a little dip beyond the rise, they were making a fill, and further on, they were making a cut through higher ground. You see, Laura, Pa said, where the ground is low, they make the grade higher, and where the ground is high, they cut through it and make the grade level. A railroad bed have to be as level as it can be for the trains to run on. Why, Pa? Laura asked. Why can't the trains just run over the prairie swells? There were no there were no real hills, and it seemed a waste of hard work to cut through all the little rises and fill it in with all of the little hollows just to make the railroad bed level. No, it saves work later on, Pa said. You ought to be able to see. Oh. You ought to be able to see that, Laura, without being told. 
Laura could see that a level road would save work for horses, but a locomotive was an iron horse that never got tired. Yes, but it burns coal, said Pa. Coal has to be mined. And that's work. An engine bursts, burns less coal running on a level than it does going up and down grades. So you see, it takes more work and cost and money to now make a level grade. But later on, they'll be saving in work and money. So they'll be used for building something else. What, Pa? What? Sorry. What, Pa? What else? Laura asked. More railroads, said Pa. I wouldn't wonder if you'll live to see the t uh, see a time, Laura, when pretty nearly everybody'll ride on a railroad, and there'll hardly be a covered wagon left. Laura could not s imagine a country with so many railroads, nor one so rich that nearly everybody could ride on trains. But she did not really try to imagine. Because they had come to, <laughs> because they had come to high ground where they could see the men working at the cut and the film. Right across the prairie swell, there was trains would run. The teams with plows and the teams with scrapers were cutting a wide ditch back and forth when the big. Went the big teams pulling the plows, and round and round went the teams hauling the scrapers, all steadily moving in time with each other. But here the scrapers. <sighs> Sorry, guys. But here the scrapers did not go in a circle. They went in long, narrow loops into the cut and out again, at one end and. At the other end, they went over the dump. The dump was a ditch at the end of the cut, and crossways to it. Heavy timber shored up the sides of this ditch and made a flat platform over the top of it. There was a hole. Excuse me. There was a hole in the middle of the platform, and earth had been graded high on each side of the ditch to make the road ready to be level with the platform. Out of the cut came the team, steadily walking one behind another, pulling the load of scrapers. They went up to the grade at the top of the dump, and they went across the platform. They passed over the hotel, one horse walking on. They passed over the hole, one horse walking on each side of it, while into the hole the driver dumped the scraper load of dirt, going steadily on down the steep grade and around. They went back into the cut to fill the scrapers again. All the time, the, a circle of wagons was moving through the dump, under the hole in the platform. Every time a scraper dumped its load, a wagon was under the hole to catch it, to catch the dirt. Each wagon waited till five scraper loads had been poured down into it, 
and then it moved on and the wagon behind it moved under the hole and waited. The circle of wagons came out of the dump and and curved back to the, climb up over the end of the high railroad grade that was coming towards the cut. Every wagon, as it passed over the grade, dumped its dirt and made the grade that dumped its dirt and made the grain that much longer. The wagons had no wagon boxes; they were only platforms of heavy planks to dump the dirt. The team, the teamster, turned those planks over one at a time. Then he drove onward, down over the end of the fill, and back into endless circles through the dump to be loaded again. Dust blew from the pillows and scrapers, and from the the dump and the end of the hill. A great cloud of dust rose all the time up over the sweating men and and the sweating horses. The men's faces and arms were black with sunburn and dust, and their blue and gray shirts were streaked with sweat and dust. And the horses' manes and tails and hair were full of dust, and their flanks were called caked with mud. They went on steadily and evenly, circling in the cut and out where the plows went back and forth, and circling under the dump and back to the end fill under the dump again. The cut grew deep and the fill grew longer, while the men and the teams kept on weaving their circles together, never stopping. They never miss once, Laura marveled. Every time a scraper a, every time a scraper dumps, there's a wagon underneath it to catch the dirt. That's the boss's job, Pa said. He makes them keep time just like they were playing a tune. Watch the boss and you'll see how it's done. It's pretty work. On the rise above the cut and on the end of the fill and along along the circles the boss stood. They watched the men and the teams and kept them moving in time. Here they showed one team a little um, here they slowed one team a little and there they hurried one another. No one stopped and waited. No one was late to his place. Laura heard the boss call out from the tops of the cut. Boys, move along a little faster. You see, Pa? It's, n it's nearing quiet time. You see, Pa said, it's nearing quiet time, and they'd all slowed down a little. They can't put o that over on a good boss. The whole afternoon had gone while Pa and Dora watched those circles moving, making the railroad grade. It was time to go back to the store and the shanty, and Laura took one last long look, and then she had to go. On the way, Pa showed her the painted figures on the little grade stakes that were driven into the ground in a straight line where the railroad grade would be. The surveyors 
had driven those stakes, the figures told the graders how high to build the grade on low ground and how deep to make it uh, when it was cut for the high ground. The surveyors had measured it all, figured the grade exactly, and before anyone else had come there. First, someone had thought of a railroad. Then the surveyors had come out to that empty country and they had marked and measured a railroad that was not there at all. It was only a railroad that someone had thought of. The plowman came near to to tear up the prairie grasses and the scraper man to dig up the dirt and the teamster with their wagons to haul and all of them all of them said they were working on the railroad but the still the railroad wouldn't be there nothing was there but nothing was there yet but cuts through the prairie swells pieces of railroad grade that were really only narrow short ridges of earth all pointing westward across the enormous grassy land. When's the grade finished? Pa said. When the grade's finished, Pa said, the shovel men will come along with hand shovels and they'll smooth the sides of the grade by hand and level it on top. And then they'll lay the railroads, Laura said. Don't jump ahead so fast, Flutterbudget. Pa laughed at her. The railroad ties have gotten to be the railroad ties have got to be shipped out here and laid before it's time for the rails. Rome wasn't built in a day and neither is a railroad, nor anything nor anything else worth having. The sun was low now, and the prairie grass swells began to have shadowy lying eastward, and out of the large pale sky flocks of ducks and longer wedges of geese were sliding down to Silver Lake to, to rest for the night. The clean wind was blowing now with no dust in it, and Laura let her sunbonnet slip down her back so that she could feel the wind on her face and see the whole great prairie. There was no railroad there now, but some day the long steel tracks would lie level on the fills through the cuts and the trains would come roaring and steaming and smoking with speed. The tracks and the trains were, were not there now but Laura could see them almost as if they were there. Suddenly she asked, Pa, Pa, was that what made the very first railroad? What are you talking about? Pa asked. Are these railroads because people think of them first when they aren't there? Pa thought a minute. That's right, he said. That's what makes things happen. People think of them first, and even if people think of 
thing a thing and work hard enough at it i guess it's pretty nearly bound to happen wind or weather and weather permitting what's what's the house pa laura asked what what house what house has that real house laura pointed at this time she had been meeting meaning to ask pa about that house standing by itself on the north shore of the lake and she had always forgotten that's the surveyor's house pa said are they there now laura asked they come and go pa said and most reached the store and he went on run on along home now fluttered budget i've got work to do on books now you know how the railroad grade is made to be sure to tell Ma mary all about it oh i will pa laura promised i'll see to it loud i'll see it out loud for her every bit she did her best but mary only said I really don't know, Laura, why you'd rather watch those rough men working in the dirt than say here in a nice clean shanty and I've put another quilt patch while you've been idling. But Laura was still seeing the movement of men and horses in such perfect time that she could almost sing the tune to which they were motivated. All right, boys. I hope the story made sense. The next chapter is called Payday. And I love you lots. Good night.